Welcome to Teaching Takeaways, Season 1, Episode 7. I'm your host, Amanda, and I'm glad you're here. This podcast series is about sharing favorite tools, strategies, thoughts, and fun finds on all things education. If you have any connection to the education field and want to finesse your craft, this is the space to hang out and grab a piece of instant relevance, a takeaway you can apply to your classroom the very same day. Today, I want to chat about morning meeting must-haves. There are several great things you can use in a morning meeting, but today I want to share about some books you may or may not have heard of. I'm going to highlight five books to help you as a teacher have meaningful conversations in your classroom about choices and friendship. I recently learned about these books after researching resources to support my little with classroom challenges she is currently facing at school. The specifics are not important, but the gist of the situation is kids can be unkind and support resources within a school are limited at best. It's our job as parents and educators to help children become kind, honest, and productive members of society. When in doubt, there's a picture book to guide the way. Here we go. Book number one is What Should Danny Do? School Day by Gannett and Adair Levy. You may have actually heard of this book because it's that fabulous. But on the chance you have not heard about it, let me tell you it's a must read in your classroom. The book has eight stories in one based on choices your students make while reading. It's a social, emotional, choose your own adventure book. The pictures are colorful. The content is relevant to classroom situations. Every few pages, there is a situation the character must make a choice on how to handle. We read this book at least once a week and make different choices for the main character, Danny, to choose. The book is fabulous for showing kiddos how every choice has a good or bad consequence. It also shows how you can make a poor choice, but recover your day with better choices. An entire school day doesn't have to be lost by a few poor choices. In addition to morning meeting, this book would be fabulous to review or teach cause and effect to students. You could use the book to teach point of view. Inferencing is also a good one you could use with the book outside of morning meeting during your ELA block. Students could infer on how the characters are feeling based on the choices Danny makes. I told you the book really is that good. Book number two, What Should Darla Do, by the same authors of What Should Danny Do School Day, is the next book I want to talk about. This book is similar to the first book. Both books are written by the same author but have different illustrators. In the What Should Darla Do book, the main character is a cousin of of Danny's. 
the authors do a fantastic job making connections back to the power to choose magic we all have inside of us. The big difference in this book is that it's about situations at home or in the neighborhood. The main character has to navigate how to handle friendships, siblings, finding items out and about that are not hers, touching and taking things out of spaces, and so many other fabulous messages. Both books focus on the power to choose. You can use this book as well to teach cause and effect, theme for a specific story within the book, inferencing, as well as the literary go-tos of sequencing, characters, and setting. Both books are extremely versatile with opportunities for teaching in a morning meeting setting or during your ELA block. Book three, The Wildcard Kids, A Journey to Magic by Hope and Wade Keene. This book is just as fabulous as the adult wildcard book I discussed in episode five, but written for children as a colorful picture book. The Wild Card Kids teach five important life skills represented by the acronym MAGIC. Basically, five kids find a deck of cards which provides clues and challenges each must overcome on a journey to personal growth and the true nature of empowerment. The M stands for make eye contact when you talk to someone or give them your attention. A stands for accepting your mistakes and failures so you can learn from them. G stands for get up and go for it and make yourself heard. I is the adage, there is no I in team. Sometimes you have to put group goals ahead of individual ones. Finally, C stands for celebrate the success of others when it's not your time to shine. This book is fantastic. It's definitely on the longer side. So using the book in morning meeting for a consecutive week is going to be your best bet. You can have students help you build anchor charts for each of the letters. As you notice students demonstrating one of the letters in magic, I think it would be super awesome to have them sign their name on the specific chart of the behavior demonstrated. In the older grades, you could have students notice their peers and write a blurb about why Sally or Johnny is on the specified anchor chart. Similar to books one and two, this book could also be used in the ELA block to support teaching standards. Honestly though, I prefer to have some books off limits for specific ELA teaching standards and to only use them for morning meetings or closing circles. I like the discussion piece of reading to discuss behavior with teachable moments and leaving the ELA standards for other fabulous picture books. I do understand the time constraints, which is why I wanted to share ways you can integrate my book suggestions into other parts of your teaching day. Book four, You Are a Social Detective, Explaining Social Thinking to Kids, written by Michelle Garcia Winner and Pamela Crook. I used this book in my second grade classroom and it's magical. Just like Wildcard Kids, the book is long and needs to be used over a week 
or longer to work through the vocabulary and lessons being presented. This book is a must-have at the beginning of the year as a mid-year refresher or sporadically when undesired behaviors are happening in the classroom. What I really like about this book is that it uses comic strips and some kid humor to explain the challenges of interacting with people. It goes deep into different types of smarts people have, personal space, agreeing or disagreeing with others, as well as how to use our senses to be a better observer in the world around us. As an adult, it helps you become more aware of social behaviors of others as well. I found myself learning how to be a social detective amongst parents I interact with on a given day. There is also a follow-up book directed at students in grades 4 through 7, as well as some apps as extensions based on the book. The description on the website for You Are a Social Detective reads, Every one of us is a social detective. We are good social detectives when we use our eyes, ears, and brains to figure out what others are planning to do next or are presently doing, and what they mean by their words and actions. This entertaining comic book offers different ways that can be reviewed repeatedly with students to teach them how to develop their own social detective skills. Enjoy watching your students and kids blossom day by day into successful social detectives. Then have children practice their detective skills with the interactive social detective apps based on the book. Elementary school aged K-5 students and immature older middle and high school students who enjoy visual books may benefit from this book. But this isn't just a book for students who have challenges relating to autism, spectrum disorders, Asperger's, ADHD, and like challenges. The lessons also offer a variety of engaging ways to introduce the concepts of social thinking to general education teachers, paraprofessionals, parents, caregivers, special educators, grandparents, siblings, daycare workers, scout leaders, etc. So don't think you have to be a kid to enjoy learning about social thinking. Throughout the book, Keywords are highlighted in bold. These words represent the social thinking vocabulary concepts that can be used in just about every environment by everyone in the process of discovering social thinking. The words are also fully defined for easy reference in the back of the book. Kids can read this themselves, but it's best when adults read it with them so that the adults learn the social thinking vocabulary with the kids and then work to help the kids explore these concepts in their daily lives when the book is closed. This book is also the first book to read with students prior to introducing the Superflex lessons as it teaches the core social thinking vocabulary. The Social Detective book comes with all kinds of extra materials that you could add to your classroom and make it a more formal lesson. However, I didn't have access to all of those materials. I just had the book. And to me, the book is plenty. And like I said, it actually opens your eyes to a different way of looking at and interacting with people as an adult. So I highly recommend You Are a Social Detective. And I have linked 
the books mentioned on the website so that you can click on them if you want and decide if it's something that'll work in your classroom. Finally, we have book five, Growing Friendships, a Kid's Guide to Making and Keeping Friends, written by Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore and Christine McLaughlin. This book is another must-read for kids and adults. It's a chapter book divided into five essential skills, reaching out to make friends, stepping back to keep friends, blending in to join friends, speaking up to share with friends, and letting go to accept friends. Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore is a psychologist and children's friendship expert. She is an internationally published author, as well as a mother of four. She is a professor for the Great Courses, serves on the advisory board for Parents Magazine, an expert contributor to PBS Parents, and writes for Psychology Today. In her private practice, she works with adults, children, and families. She uses research-based practical solutions and plenty of true-to-life examples of social skills in practice using humor with a dog and a cat. Christine McLaughlin, the other author, is a freelance writer, editor, and author whose work focuses primarily on parenting and health. I wanted you to know a little more about these authors because the book is a chapter book in black and white meant to guide discussions with children. Now, back to the specifics. So, with this book, we haven't worked our way through the entire book yet. We read a chapter every Sunday evening to get ready for a new week, but so far, it's been fabulous. My favorite parts, so far, discuss how body language can give the wrong message, Sharing experiences can be viewed as bragging and asking interesting questions without using why as your question word is beneficial for all you interact with. I'm in the process of creating some printable resources you can use in the classroom to get kiddos talking and friendships growing. Stay tuned for more details on that. At some point in everyone's life, we all just want to fit in. Did you know that age-old advice, go ask someone if you can play, isn't always the best approach with peers on the playground? This advice may or may not work with adults, but it's especially not helpful with children. Having children ask if they can join in on the fun interrupts the play already going on and gives children the option to choose to not let someone play in the group. It also opens up the opportunity to be mean and say something like, you can't play, ha ha ha, to a child. On page 63 of the book, the authors explain how to use the strategy, watch, then blend into action. And I wanted to read it to you because I wanted, again, a takeaway that you could take back to your classroom. So on page 63 in the book, it says, putting watch, then blend into action. Joining a group of kids is just like drivers merging onto a highway. All you have to do is watch, then blend. This means, number one, stand near a group and watch what they are doing. Then, number two, slide into action without interrupting it. 
How exactly do you use the watch them blend strategy? Well, first you need to watch closely so you understand how the group is playing or what they're trying to do. Then you do something that adds to the play. Here are some possible ways to blend. Do the same thing the group is doing nearby, then gradually move closer. Give a compliment, bring extra toys or supplies. Help them lift, carry, or get something so they can continue the play or get in line to take a turn. Isn't it rude to join without asking? No, just the opposite. It's respectful of the ongoing play to contribute without interrupting the flow. Here's an example of how Mackenzie could watch then blend with the girls at the pool. Notice how she first watches to understand what they're doing and then uses a compliment to get closer. Then she finally joins in by doing what they are doing and adding to the fun without interrupting the flow. So in the cartoon, after that content, it says, Caroline, Ayami, Grace, and Vanita are doing cannonballs into the pool. That looks fun. So Mackenzie is watching from the sideline of the pool, and she's like, wow, I wish I could do that. Then she's going to blend. I'm going to jump in at the same time as Ayami. I don't want to interrupt their place, so I'll be careful not to jump on anyone. Wow, that was a huge splash. And then the other girl says, thanks. And then to join, cool, double cannonball. Let's all jump in at the same time. And now they're all summing together. What if the other girls won't let Mackenzie join them? What if they tell her it's a private game? It can happen. Even well-liked kids get left out sometimes. But if Mackenzie doesn't try to join at all, she's guaranteed to not be part of the fun. You're most likely to be able to join either one kid playing alone or a group of four or more. If you're not already good friends with them, groups of two or three can be very close-knit, which makes them harder to join. So that's a little excerpt from the book. And this book can be used, like I said, in the classroom, during morning meeting, and closing circles during the first part of the school year. It gives practical advice in a way kiddos can relate and digest the information. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Teaching Takeaways. My hope is you found a new book to use in your classroom to help foster a positive climate and create kind students. In my opinion, we are living in a challenging time where some of the most basic skills are overlooked because of the mounting standards needing to be covered in a given school year. Remember, the faces you see in your classrooms each day are going to be our decision makers when we're old. Let's set up the future by teaching great social behaviors to create kind and productive adults. If you like what you've just heard, please leave me a review on your favorite podcast platform. Reviews help make the podcast more visible for new listeners to find us. If there is a topic you would like more information on, direct message me on Twitter at Amanda Hallman. 
on Instagram at teaching takeaways or by email teaching takeaways at gmail.com. Thanks for hanging with me for a piece of instant relevance, a teaching takeaway to use in your classroom the very same day. See you next Tuesday for a new teaching takeaway.